Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. It's Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of Curious Conversations. A special episode today, Tal. It is you and me. Yes. So first episode of just you and I for 2024. Mm. Little solo episode, which we love to do. A little bit of a life update because we tapped into it at the start of last week's episode with Beyond the Valley. You you were saying that you have a birthing plan. I was like, blah, 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 wait. Yeah, 100%. I did. So I've got a birthing plan that I – yeah, I was about to spill the beans last week and I didn't because we were like, let's just do an episode on um, that next week. So that's what we've got. Not just that. Everyone's getting an update on my dating life. Yeah. So who did we run into? Oh, no, we had an event. Um, when did we have the event? With Morgan. The, maybe like the 12th of January? Yeah, we had an event and we ran into someone and she was like, oh, I love hearing your dating stories. And we're like, okay, because I told Sarah she wasn't allowed to talk about dating anymore. Tally did put a ban <laughs> on me. I'm not too sure why. No, I only put a ban on the dating stories because I felt sorry for the guys that you were talking about because in previous situations, they have found out you were talking about them on the podcast. So I was protecting them. But now I'm like, you know what? They, If you want to talk about your dating life, you can talk about it. Okay. Because just, it depends how open you want to talk. You just have to be careful that people listen to this. That's the only thing. Yep. I'd, yep. I'd take notes. Yes. But it's been interesting for me the last say four or five months. Yep. I before know. we before we went away to America. Oh yeah. Um I started seeing this guy mm-hmm. loosely back then. Yep. Loosely. And for me, I was like, oh, he's he's nice. He's kind of good looking. We knew him um a little bit, but I didn't know him. And for me at the moment, I was speaking to a lot of people. I was speaking to Abby, my acupuncture lady, and I was like, this guy is just not someone I would usually go for. Mm-hmm. And in the back of my head, it was like, okay, Sarah, like, well, who do you usually go for? Usually I go for guys that are big, mus- muscular, mm-hmm. masculine guys that I've since realised one thing that I really need from a relationship is to feel safe and secure mm-hmm. and looked after. Yeah. I need that strong masculine energy around me. Mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting four months exploring what I need and want out of a relationship. And I don't think I've ever sat down and put the pattern together of like, why did I go for those types of men? But on the flip side of that, some of those men that – come with those traits, I was pursuing. Mm-hmm. I was always messaging them. Mm-hmm. And then pre-therapy days, subconsciously, I was like I would take a lot of it as rejection and that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward. Started dating this guy, not even not exclusive because when we went to LA, I also met someone. Mm-hmm. And from the start, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know, like, He's nice. He's nice. And Tully says, whenever someone says that a boy is nice. You're not into them. No. Mm-mm. I'm really, and I I, I, I I, pursued it pretty good for me, I, I think. think. As I a friend, have, you can give your perspective yeah. because I would come every week and the girls would be like, how's the dating life? I'm like, is this one still around? Is that one still around? I'm like, yep, that one's still around. And they're like, oh. and. I had numerous conversations with various people in my life and I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. 
I'm trying to soften as a person, yeah. which is tap into more your feminine energy of not doing as much, being looked after. Whereas now I'm so independent I'm, and I was brought up thinking I can do it all. Like, mm. and that is such a masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And I've since learned that two feminine energies can't co- coexist mm-hmm. in a relationship because this, one of the guys I was seeing was quite feminine and really tapped into his feelings and his emotional side. And I used to say it to you guys, girls, I was like, oh, my God, like I'm deep and woo-woo, mm. but this guy's on a different level. And that's where I was lacking that. I was like, what is it? What is it? What? And I didn't feel safe or secure around yeah. like the masculine mm-hmm. energy. So in short of it, and you can see it, and I have see it in other people's relationships now, I'm like, ah, might be the feminine, like the actual female that's where creating the masculine energy in the, mm-hmm. the relationship. But there always will be a feminine and a masculine. Yeah. But two feminine energies can't coexist in a relationship. No. And I was listening to something the other day and it, I was like, that is so true that weak men create women who have to tap into their masculine energy and strong men create women who can soften and tap into their feminine energy. So true. So true. And I was like, and you might have experienced it since dating Damien that Mm. you've softened as a human. Mm. I think previously, I mean, everything you're talking about, I can definitely relate to because I was the same how you were like, I was always pursuing guys, Mm. whatever. Um, But 100% definitely because I'm a bit like Sarah. I've been very independent my whole life. I'm very driven. I'm can be controlling, which I would find that a masculine quality, Mm -hmm. not a feminine. So um, I definitely think since dating Damien, I've definitely found more of a feminine because I feel so safe and secure. And because Damien's quite big, I also, like, and he's not feminine at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe, like, some of his emotions, like, he can be quite emotional. Maybe that's a little bit feminine, but I kind of, not as deep as, like, what you're talking about. Yeah. But I do, I think... When you meet someone that is very masculine, you feel so safe that you feel like you can drop into your feminine and be like looked after. Yep. Which is kind of nice in a relationship. And I think from dating this person that's so – and don't get me wrong, there was a lot of beautiful traits and I would say that to you girls. I was like, I like how he communicates. I really – like I know where I stand. He was like, I really like you. Mm. And I was like, it's actually quite nice, one, to be pursued and one, to have someone who knows what they want and is really strong in their communication. But also, that can also be a love bombing technique. Absolutely. And this is what I said to Sarah. And I think that's good, though, that you now know that there are qualities that you want in another relationship. Mm. You might not have before known that that was, like, super important to you. And now that you've met someone that meet those qualities, I think for you moving forward, you're like, no, no, no. I need someone that communicates. I need someone that is straight up. I need someone that, you know, what was the other quality you said? Oh, that remembers things. Yeah. Like all that stuff. Now you just know to in your next relationships that that's what you want. So you not that not that these guys are doozies or anything, but you kind of have to go through these little flings in order to work out what you want in a relationship. And that's like I felt bad saying it for quite a bit, but because so many people said Oh no, like not use it as a tester, but just learn from it. Mm. Learn what you want, explore it. And it was a great relationship to explore. But what you were just saying then, and this is the, I find where you can draw the line between weak men and strong men and tapping into the energies. Because from doing therapy for so long now, dating more, being more decisive, on who I date and what I want, I've got standards. Yeah. But in the world we live in today, I feel like having standards is being confused with being high maintenance or fussy. I don't, yeah, I can see where you say that, but like I don't think being high maintenance and having standards is a bad thing. Mm. I don't think it is because I'm very similar. Like I went through a stage before I met Damien where I dated 
not going to say quite a lot of, I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but I did go and I went on numerous dates all the time. And I think you have to do those dating things in order to meet someone. And so your standards, like you just learn to know what you like and how you want to be treated. Yep. So I don't think it's a bad thing having standards and being high maidens. I think it just shifts, it sifts, sorry, through all the good and the bad because you know that men that see it as mm. being fussy, they, they're not going to be able to tolerate me. Yeah, absolutely. But me, men that see it as me having my own personal value and know what I stand for and what I want knows that I'll put a boundary into place. Yeah. They won't see that as being fussy or high maintenance, they'll be like, she's got standards. She has, she values herself. I was going to say, I think, I'm just trying to think of like Damien because like I've got standards and high maintenance and all that kind of stuff. But I do think I could ask him, but Mm -hmm. I think guys find it attractive when you find the right person because they're like, oh fuck, she is like got high standards and is high maintenance. But I find it attractive because she knows what she wants. Yep. Guys are getting to a stage now they don't want to fuck around. Mm. Like us, we're at that age. We don't want to fuck around with someone. That's probably why this person that you were dating was straight up and he was like, I like you. You communicated well because we are at that age now in the dating world where the, I think they find it attractive that you know what you want because you're not fucking around. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Mm. I think it's just go in and just be quite clear with whoever the person is. Like if you like them, you like them. If you don't, move on. I just didn't know when to draw the line and probably call it. So I probably dragged it on for a little bit longer than what it should have. Well, that's just, you probably did, but it's just a lesson (laughs) for the next one. You know, it just, but also it's like. Because I, do you know what? I was getting confused. Yeah, which is fine. I was like, oh, like I really, really do like these qualities of the communication Mm. and things like that. And then, but I was also finding that it's so frustrating that, he was so different. Yeah. And that's when I finally sat down and it was when we were in Queensland and we we're all talking, mm. everyone who was up there. And I was like, I know what it is. Mm. I know what I, I'm i missing from this relationship. Yeah. And that's fine. And it's really hard to, like, I was really, because I knew, I because I've been in exactly the same spot. I knew exactly what you were trying to feel and get, you were confused. I get it. I've yeah. been in that spot. Um, you were really trying to tap into just kind of letting go of being controlling. Yeah. Letting go of what you thought the person is supposed to look like or be like. Of, like, I get that. I've been there. Um, so it's really hard from a friend's point of view. And I was just thinking then like, the you know, I think a lot of our friends probably, like it's really hard from a friend's point of view when you can see like, I could see that he wasn't the right person for you. But mm. I was like, that's my perspective. I don't, I'm not in that relationship. I don't mm. know how, like, maybe he is her person. But, like, from what you were telling me, I was like, oh, I don't think he's right for you. Just and the didn't, way. I didn't know why I was also getting confused because then it was like I was questioning my own protective mechanisms. Mm. I'm like, am I saying he's not right for me because you're scared or I'm scared because I'm getting, I'm fearful of getting hurt again. And I had to start questioning myself. Why, why do I keep going back to him? And why do I keep going? Oh, he's not right. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's confusing. Yeah. But it's, it's what I was saying. It's really hard from a friend's point of view because I'm at that point and we've had conversations about this before. It's really, really hard. You don't want to put your opinions or what you think is right for your friend onto them because Mm. that fucks with their head. We've spoken about opinions before from people. Like sometimes it's like. You had a very strong opinion of my ex that affected our relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think, but then it was funny because I saw similarities between this person and your ex Mm. and I was like, fuck. But I was kind of like. I also, because you're not in that relationship and you don't know how that person's feeling, you really have to take a step back and be like, at the end of the day, if they're happy in this relationship, yep. then that's fine. So it's really hard from a friend's point of view of like giving your opinion because, again, you don't know. But there were a couple of things where I was like to Sarah, I was like, oh, if he's doing that now, I can see that being a long-term pattern and mm. that's going to put you down as a person. And I don't know, I think you know what I'm talking about, about some comments and stuff. And I'm like, oof, like you have to think long-term. Is this going to get better or is this going to get worse and is it going to make you feel really like insecure? 
a shit human. Oh, I don't I'll, mean like that, but I'll give put you down a little bit. I'll give you an example of what Tally's trying to ex- explain in I'm the nicest way. I'm trying to protect way. this person in a way where you're like, no, I don't want to say it. Which was lovely. So obviously around Christmas time we went out to dinner and I kind of wasn't feeling it and I mm. think he could pick up mm. on that. So I basically, you were trying to let it. Like you was, weren't feeling it but you were trying to let it. I was trying yeah, to let I it in. It. Yeah. I was trying to let it in. I, I was it. like, okay, what I've done previously hasn't worked. Let's try and lean into this, mm-hmm. this differentness. And I was different to what he traditionally dated as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. So for both of us. It was like it was a different situation. Yeah. And basically that night. <laughs> this is what I was like. This is what like I was like I have to say something. He pitched to me why would we would be great together. And when Sarah told me this, it was all I heard was him, 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 how like him, 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 and there was nothing about you. Yep. And when I said that, I was like, oh, Sarah, I don't like this conversation because it sounds very one-sided and how you're going to make him a better person, yeah. how this is going to be better I've never dated anyone like you. I think it would be good yeah. for me to date someone like you. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And okay. I was like, when you told me that, and, and I think your mum said something similar, when you were telling me that, I was like, wait, this is all about him. Mm. Like there's nothing about you or you guys as a team. Yeah. Like – if I was pitching to someone about a relationship, I would be like, you know, I love the kind of person that you are. Like, you're so fun to be around. We're such a good together as a team. Like, you know, whatever. Mm. I wouldn't be like, you make me, f- I am, I am, I am, I am. I just think that's so one-sided. Mm. And I said to Sarah, I'm like, I'm really, really worried that he is very one-sided and this is going to turn down the track, which is so funny because I said something similar to you a month or so before. I was like, he has similar Tendencies. personality traits to your ex. Yep. And I can see what's going to happen. He, It's going to be all about him and you're going to want to express your feelings, but he's going to like put you down, like narcissistic traits a little bit, like put mm. you down a little bit. And then you're going to feel like shit and you're going to feel insecure. And then you're just going to like just slowly shell, shell of a human because I've seen it with you before. And that's not who you are. And I can kind of see that happening again. Mm. But then it's hard as a friend because I'm presuming this. I don't know. But then when you said that, I was like, oh, nah, I have to say something. Yeah. It was a massive learning curve. And at the end of the day, was it cute that he pitched to me? It was like a little bit cute. But at the end of the day, when I sat back and I was like, yeah, right. So I'm going to be good for his life. Yeah. And as a people pleaser, I'm externally driven, right? So this mm. is the difference. I'm externally driven. So I don't put my feelings first. Oh, mm-hmm. Traditionally, I haven't because I give away all my value mm-hmm. straight away. And so I was like, oh, I can help him. I can do all this. And so that's when I spoke to you, spoke to my mom, spoke to the girls. I was like, oh, no, fuck that. Yeah. And it was you guys that picked up that. Why are you benefiting his life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that was like a big eye opener for you. And then I, that's probably where it started for you. I mean, you were already kind of going into that dinner like, I think I'm going to break this off. But I think that's probably when you started re- realizing your value and your self-worth and you were like, he's not my person. But then, uh, yep. And then, yep. Yeah. So anyway. But Yeah. Just got to live sometimes, you know? Yeah. So that's a little update. Yeah. I'm back on the apps. Mm, I just don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I don't know. I like, I haven't been single for a couple of years, but I feel like the only way you can meet people is on apps, to be honest. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Unless you do what I did before I met Damien, I was like, you know what? When I read that attached book, I was like, you know what? I'm deleting the apps. I just need to let this energy of trying to find someone yes, go. Yeah. And then that's when someone comes in. Yeah. And I know, and I just fucking hate when I was single, I used to hate when people would be like, Oh, don't worry, the right person will come at the right time. Like mm. I'd be like, Oh my God, shut the fuck up. I felt I never believed in it. But then once you let it go, yeah. And you're like, okay, whatever, I'm just gonna do me. 
whatever. Is how do you person- let it go for people who are listening like, I fucking hear that all the time. How do uh, I let it go? Well, I went to delete the dating apps. That's mm. what I was doing. And I was like, you know what? I just need to be single for a while. I stopped messaging the people that I was messaging. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, like I literally, I've said this story before, but I was deleting, I stopped messaging the true guys that I was messaging. So I'm like, they don't like me. I'm pursuing them all the time. Yes. What the fuck? Why am I wasting this energy? It's ridiculous. Yep. Um, so I stopped messaging them and then I deleted Raya. I think I had Bumble. I deleted Bumble and then I was about to delete Hinge and then that's when all of a sudden Damien like popped up on my thing. I was like, that's so weird. Because at the end of the day, and girls know this deep down, if he likes you, he will make effort. Oh, my God, absolutely. We've got one friend and – She's, like, been dating this one guy, like, loosely for, like, such a long time. And I said to her once, I'm, like, he doesn't like you. Mm. And I said, I know that sounds really, really awful. And I'm not a mean person and I felt bad, but I'm just sick of hearing about this whole freaking relationship. I was, like, babe, he doesn't like you. And she's, like, I'm, like, he doesn't like you. If he liked you, he would make an effort. If he liked you, he would stay at your house. If he Mm. liked you, he would do all these things. I'm, like, you're holding on to something that – is never going to happen. And it might sound so mean and some of you might be like, oh, my God, you are such a bitch for saying that to your friend. But it's true. And at the end of the day, her always pursuing him, he he saw no value in her. No way. And also her always messaging, pursuing him, she's blocking meeting other people in other places. She might have walked past – her man of her dreams might have walked past her or was standing next to her at the coffee shop, but because she's so, her energy is so into this fucking guy, yeah. she's not open to meeting yeah. anyone else. So you're closing off opportunities. Because at the end of the day, you should never want to manipulate or change someone's mind to liking you. No way. No way. And we've you don't, all been there. You don't need to convince anyone no. to like you. No, and we've all been there. Like I've done it yeah. when I was younger. I liked certain people and I'm like, oh, I just want them to like me so yeah. bad. It's like it's they, if what's that saying that Mel Robbins says? Mel Robbins says. She says um, if they – if they if they wanted to, they would. Well, yeah, if they wanted to, they would. If yep. they there's like three parts of it. Yep. It's such a good, I'll try and find it and put it at the notes. But it's so freaking true because every time I've heard her say that, I'm like, oh. Yeah. They honestly, and that's probably one of my things back in pursuing boys. I was always like, oh, I'm going to when you like me, that means I'm good enough. Or mm-hmm. I'm gonna get you to like me and then I'll feel good enough about myself. Whereas now I'm like, no, fuck that. Yeah. I know I'm really good. If you don't like me, I'm not going to convince yeah. you to like me. Or you get fixated on like, I mean, I found I used to do this a little bit. I used to get fixated on I need someone because mm. I was single for such a long time. I was like, I think I felt shit about myself because I didn't have a boyfriend or I didn't have whatever. So I was like, so I was like, I need this person. I need this relationship. But at the end of the day, and this is where society is so fucked up, you don't need a relationship. You know your self-worth because at the end of the day, there's a lot of fucking people in relationships just to be in relationships. Oh, they're not happy. That does not mean they're a better person. No. That does not mean absolutely that doesn't mean they've got self-respect or self-worth. Not at all. Absolutely. But you, but for some reason, we think we need to have because be accepted or something to be accepted. But I think we've also been sold this fantasy of your soulmate and that your life's not complete mm. without having a partner. Your life's not complete without having a family. Like, so I'm true. sorry. Like, you are complete as a person. Mm. You are, and all that other stuff is just a bonus. But it doesn't make you anything less than a person if you don't have it. Yeah. And I think that's what society makes me feel. I don't know, like, previously how you felt, but it's like, oh, you you need to have a baby. I want you to have a baby to do, like, people, I feel sympathy. People are throwing their sympathy sympathy at me for not having those things. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want your sympathy. I think a lot of people think that your happiness revolves around having the family, having the white picket fence. But – I can tell you guys now, I know probably 60% of relationships that live together, have kids, they are not happy and they hate themselves. They're not happy when they go home. They hate their partner. Mm. Like honestly, majority of people with that white picket fence family that I know personally are not happy. 
And at the, I was having this conversation last night. At the end of the day, the only person that can make you happy Yourself. is you. You can't have a family to be happy. You can't have a partner to be happy because at the end of the day when that feeling of love and whatever, the dopamine all runs dry and you're like, hmm, I've got the husband, I've got the family, but I'm still not happy, mm. you start to get frustrated that you're not happy. Happy, And then gradually that frustration begins to become resentment, I mm-hmm. feel, for your partner because – you're expecting them to bring all these feelings that they have no fucking control over. So You true. are the only one that can make you happy. That's why we do, okay, what makes you happy? Like your, mm-hmm. your joy list, your energy, energy list. list. Yeah. Like focus on you and then everything will be a ripple effect in your community, in your yeah, family. Absolutely. And I think like for you, like I would, if I was you or if, maybe not you because you asked if anyone was listening. If you were listening and you were like, I'd just delete the apps and just open. Mm. It's going to sound so woo-woo, but like open your heart to meeting someone and open your heart to opportunities because I find, again, it's an energy thing. If you're sitting there on the fucking dating app scrolling all the time or messaging the same guys, you are literally not opening yourself up to meet anyone. Yeah, that's true. Like you're not. Change it up. They say Instead of going to the same coffee shop every day, go to another coffee yeah. shop. If you're going to a cafe to work on your laptop, go to another cafe. You don't know who you're going to run into and you need to let go of that control of the dating apps and okay. messaging the same guys. Wait. Okay. We have two options okay, go. sitting here right now. We have the option. Sarah deletes her dating apps. Okay. Or we have the option that I sent you this morning. Oh, I've got, okay, and I've got one more. So they've got three options. Okay, or, can I explain option two okay, for everyone okay. listening? Option two was this. Create an email. Create an email on your Hinge profile. So, for example, it's like Sarah's dating applications at gmail.com. Exactly. And one, it shows effort because, you know what, it adds another step for these guys to create a date for you. I saw a girl in America do I this. I actually think this is fucking genius. So she's, she's like, all these boys started doing these pictures to me. He, and one boy even did a PowerPoint presentation of um, why he these, should go on a date. Exactly. And I was like, what a brilliant idea. And Tally and I were discussing the other day of she thinks she could pick a better partner for me than me. Uh-huh. I do. Uh, no, but and also to be fair, we had this discussion yesterday. I said I would allow you to do that for my hinge and get all the applications sent for you, but you do know I'm shallow. Yes, but having said that, so Sarah likes a specific looking guy, whatever. I pride myself. I can read people's energies, and I just like I don't know. It's this thing that I've got. I think I could go through the applications or go through your app and find a really nice guy that you would not tap on. And I think you'd be surprised because you really, really do need to so, get out of your what you think your partner needs to look like or what your you think your partner needs to do. That's not – I'm not talking about qualities of the values of a person. Yep. I'm talking more the exterior. Yeah. Okay. But so you're going to create a shallow list for me and a not shallow list. I'm not going to do shallow. Mm-mm. You, I need to be. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no you need. But, but has shallow ever worked for you? You, I uh, need. Uh, has shallow ever worked for you? <laughs> no. No. So why would I pick shallow? I. And my my shallow is probably not what your shallow is. Oh, I need to be. A, physically attracted oh, to I'm someone. I'm going to choose someone that's got fucking bung teeth. Like I'm not – like there's going to be a lot of people I'm going to cross off. I'm not that mean. Okay. What's the third option then? Well, the third option was quite similar. My third option was you give me access to your Bumble or your Hinge account and I will choose guys and then – so you don't get access to it. You cannot scroll – I will scroll for you and pick guys that I think would be quite nice. So there's three options. Delete. We set up an email where they send applications. 
Mm. Or third, I take control of your whole dating app, but not message. Just take control of guys like I'll No, but they have to message you. No, no, no. I'm not messaging back. You message them. But they're guys that ideally you would never pick. No, 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 no. Because what if they don't – I'm not going to message. They need to make some effort. No, no, that's what I'm saying. But, like, we all know dating apps. You like a person. Sometimes, like, 80% of people write to you. If they write to you, then it's meant to be. How about we do the email account? We can do the email one. And then if that doesn't work, I'm taking control of your fucking app. Okay. Because there'll be guys on there that you probably scroll past and I I will look into it a little bit different. I'll be like, oh, he looks safe. He looks secure. <laughs> That's true. He looks like he's a nice guy. He looks like he's got a nice he heart. Looks- He'll treat you well. Because at the end of the day, you want someone that is going to be… Securely your t- attached. Securely attached your team member, someone that's not going to let you morph into someone else that you're not because you still want to be you. Mm. You still want to do the things that you do. You don't want anyone controlling. We've all been there. If you haven't listened to our episode on relationships with Solomon, he talks about the three different Mm -hmm. relationship types and you're trying to find the third relationship type for me. Yeah. Where you're two independent people and you're moving forward in life together and you come together. together. Yeah. And that's exactly, and I think I'd be able to pick that with looking at someone and their profile. Okay. So set up that email, baby, and I'll put it what on is my. What's it going to be? If anyone's listening and they're single and they're a guy and you don't have Hinge, I'm going to make it Sarah's dating applications 2024. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Okay. You do I that. write this down so I don't forget. <laughs> so it's Sarah's dating. Sarah's dating applications 2024.com. At gmail.com. Yeah. Did I say Gmail or did I say Hotmail? At Gmail. Gmail. I'm used to Hotmail now. Okay. Okay. Let's go. But you have to put that on your you have to put that on yep. your dating app. I will. Well, we have right to create exactly what that girl said. We have to create, yeah, I'll create it first. Yep. Exactly what that girl said because it was like fucking witty. Exactly what she said and then that email and let's see how many people I'm going to have so much fun going through this. And I'm going to screenshot it and I'll put it up on our Instagram stories. Yes. I will. I'm a team player. If, uh, do you know what? If a guy takes time out to write an application, Mm-hmm. I do you know what you, I will give you control over my prompts as well, like explaining who I like. Oh I, no, no, no! Just do the application. Thing. Okay, I'll look over them, and if they're shit, I'll tell you. Okay, um, but oh, how exciting! Yep, there's something look different. Yeah. Yep. And letting me control over who you're gonna date is gonna be so fun. And I'm not gonna be an asshole, guys. Like I'm not that me. That time of week again, Tal, our favourite time. It's Chemist Warehouse Picks of the Week and Sarah's pick again this week. And it is my pick. And if you're listening to this episode and you're balls deep into this episode, you will know that Tully thinks she can pick a better date than I can. And yep. one of my non-negotiables, Tal, is teeth. Teeth. Yes. <laughs> Actually is teeth. And I have to practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. And one thing is I do drink a lot of coffee and for as much as I try and rinse my mouth out afterwards, I have been using this serum to… Which is the Colour Corrector Serum. The Colour Correcting Serum. You've probably seen it all over your social media feeds. You put the purple on and they compare it. Uh-huh. And you can notice noticeably see the difference straight away. Yeah. So before, I'm currently pregnant so I can't whiten my teeth, but before, I'm a massive coffee drinker. Mm-hmm. Don't wash my mouth out with water after. It's a really bad habit. But this stuff is incredible. And every time I do it, everyone thinks I've had my teeth professionally whitened. Well, and that's You can thing. do it at home. You can do it at yeah. home. And if you find me a date who his teeth are a little bit yellow, we got high smile. We love that. So it reduces <laughs> yellow tones, brightens, makes them super white so Sarah can have her cheesy date smile from high smile. This is from Chemist Warehouse. I thought of this yesterday. So I committed yesterday to, and by the time this comes out, I've started it. So woohoo, yay me, 75 hard. Mm-hmm. But I'm changing the language. I don't like the word hard. Yeah. So Just I'm, say soft. But it's not the soft version. I'm still oh, yeah, doing true. all the there things. Two versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still doing all the things, but 
because I'm in my softening feminine girl era, my goal is to soften for the 75 days as well while doing the two workouts, the drinking the water, the reading the pages, all that. But one of my workouts in the day is going to be like a yin Mm -hmm. or a stretch or something that's feminine energy. Obviously, I've spoken about it. One of my big things is it's not – it is alcohol. Mm -hmm. I tend to crumble to peer pressure or – I enjoy a glass of wine or socially I like to drink, but I've always had a limit of, say, two to three. Mm -hmm. I'm always fine to drive. So if we're out all day, all night, I'll have three drinks. Mm -hmm. If we're going out to dinner, I'll have one glass. Mm -hmm. And so for the next 75 days until April the 12th, I won't be drinking alcohol. In that time, we've got birthdays, weddings. Mm-hmm. Baby showers. It's fine. I'm not drinking either. <laughs> I know. But if I'm going on these dates, that's another thing because most of the guys would be, would be like. Just say. I'm yeah. doing 75 hard. But or it's not hard. Well, whatever. Just be like, I'm just on a sober period of my life. I'm not drinking. Mm. It's fine. And if they're funny with it, then they're not the right person. Flick, done, gone. It's not like, it's not like you're not a drinker. You just be like. I'm a drinker. I've given myself a challenge until April 12th, not drinking. And if you're like, why? I wonder why Sarah's doing this. I went for a walk last night and was talking to someone and you sent me a podcast probably about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they said every the of alcohol. Nope. Oh. They did not no. Which one was it? It was saying that how to set up your year and your goals. Oh, that episode, yep. And they said that every year you should do one big challenging thing Mm -hmm. for you. So you should be able to think 2020 was the year I ran a marathon. Mm -hmm. 2021 is the year I got my scuba diving license. Mm -hmm. This year is going to be the year that I'm going going to do 75 hard. Mm -hmm. I've committed to that because I really want to work on my discipline. To be able to tick off all those things, I want to do something that I know I will be proud that I achieved it and accomplished it. It's a goal that I just want to work towards. If I don't hit the 75 hard this time, okay, like let's restart again. Why did I fall off? But this year I will complete the 75, the challenge, yeah. the challenge because that's my big hairy goal for the year. And so I'm doing it for my discipline to – we've be, both been talking a lot about discipline mm-hmm. lately and the difference between discipline and motivation. And discipline – is doing something even though you don't feel like doing it Mm -hmm. because feelings come and goes. But can you do it even though you don't feel like doing it? Yeah. So can I sit there and have the discipline to not drink when I'm tempted? I will feel like like drinking 100%. I will want to. I'll feel like joining in and being fun. But do I have the discipline to go around that feeling and stick to my goals? You do. I think you do. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, getting, I think getting into, it's like a habit. Like getting into the habit is the hardest part. So it's like once you start, it'll be hard at the start, but then once you're in it, it'll be so easy. I I, I think so. And I've told my girlfriends, I'm doing it with our friend Morgan. I was like, you know what, and it's actually kind of nice because I feel like I've got a support buddy mm. doing it. You're mm-hmm. not drinking. So I think it's quite a fitting time. But like I said to you guys, if I day 40, say I do drink. Like why did you do it? Were you feeling a certain way? Was it peer pressure? Was it will it- just show me where I still need to work on in my life. Was yeah. it peer pressure? Okay, fuck. I really need to work on holding my own boundaries for myself rather than pleasing other people. Yeah, it's so true. So Sarah, studying that on the weekend – I'm doing a soft version because obviously I'm not drinking at the moment anyway, but I'm really trying to drink two liters of water a day, 10 pages of a book, and I'm not going to do the two exercises a day no. because I'm pregnant. Um, so I might have to think of something else. Maybe it's meditation mm-hmm. for 10 minutes a day. That's um, a good one actually because I've done that. Yeah. So I'm going to do like a soft version so we can kind of like check in. Um, I was listening to a podcast this morning. Actually, it was so funny, and he was talking about accountability, having an accountability partner. And he was saying that just say, um, 
you've got a friend who is checking in that you had seven hours sleep every morning or whatever. Mm. She'll call you every morning and be like, hey, did you sleep seven hours? And if you didn't, you owed that person $100. So by having like an accountability, like mm. to be fair, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to waste $100. Yeah. Like, so I can't remember what the challenge was, but he was like, have an accountability partner where you are like, the stakes are high. The stakes are high. So it's like if you fuck up, you owe your accountability partner $100. Mm. I was like, whoa. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be $100. It could be $20, $50, whatever, or $5. But I was like, fuck, that's one way to stay accountable. That's true. I was like, that's actually kind of smart. Yeah. So it's another thing that if you're listening and want to challenge yourself and want to have an accountability partner, which we talk about a lot, you could do something like that with someone. Or it's like if it's your p- partner, it's like, okay, every time I fuck up, you all have to do the dishes or every Mm. time I fuck up, I'll whatever. I think it's really important to have someone to like check in and make sure you're like super accountable. It kind of takes, for me, the all the internal conversations away from my head because I can have it with someone else. Yeah. It's kind of like that venting therapy partner Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is how I'm feeling. Or like having like… Um, you know how like people in AA have someone, it's like if you're out and you're like, fuck, my friend's like really peer pressure. Mm-hmm. They're saying I'm boring and you just message me like, oh my God, I'm in this situation. What do I do? Well, I was speaking to my brother last night and our friend this morning, we're talking about mm-hmm. I've started the challenge and I think you all gave me the tip to always have a drink in my hand when I'm out at social mm-hmm. situations. Just have a soft drink, have something else. Soda water, like it yep. looks like you're drinking a vodka, like soda water, lime, just having something in your hand mm. helps so much. And lucky Morgan, because she's back in the States, but apparently America is so far ahead of us in the non-alcoholic mm. game. But we'll speak more about that next week. Yes, because we're actually having a special guest on next week. Oh, which we can say because you posted on social media. Yep. So we're having Sarah's brother, Mark, on the podcast next week, which we're so excited about because we really wanted to talk about, obviously Sarah's doing 75 hard. We really wanted to talk about a theme that's been coming up a lot in mm. conversations, which is sobriety. Um, and your brother, Mark, has been sober for Nearly a year. a year. Yeah. And as you can imagine, like an Aussie bloke, has a lot of guy friends, loves sport, loves, you know, loves a drink. We find it so inspiring and interesting mm. to have Mark on because he has gone sober for that time. And I think it's really in particular, important for a male to come on because I do feel like the pressure, although we were talking about females before, but I do think whenever I hear a guy that's like, oh, I've been sober for like 12 months, I've been sober for like four months, I'm like, whoa, good on you because Mm. I feel like in Australia it is very boy culture to go to the pub, watch sport, have a drink, have a barbecue, have a beer. So the fact that he's done it for that long and he's gone to caffeine too. Yep. Which is crazy. So we're going to have him on next week. So we'll we'll talk about… Because and we've, we've spoken about our sobriety episode quite a bit over the new year and the amount of people that are curious about it mm. and even my brother will say the amount of people that are curious by sobriety. But, yeah, I won't give too much away because mm. it's a really it's inspiring, interesting story, but even looking at alcohol in our culture and what's happening, it's really it's a hot topic. Yeah, and relationships with alcohol. Like I've got a funny relationship with alcohol mm. from, you know, the family member. It's just like it's a fu- it's a funny topic. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. <laughs> the amount of times we've said well, I was listening to a podcast in this episode. Yeah. And they had a functional doctor on and he was like if alcohol was not invented, mm. And it was invented right now and they gave you all the risks of what it does to your body, what it does. He's like, people would not do it. People mm. don't go around putting ice in their body or things like that, mm. like the majority of people. Mm. So why would they do that to alcohol? As he said, it's just because it's been so acceptable for so long. And, and glamorized. Yep. It's like you – I think of like when you just said that, I was like, I think of smoking cigarettes. Like I feel like smoking cigarettes has died down a lot in the last like probably 10 years. Mm. Um, but like on the cigarette packets, you have what it does to your lungs, what you do. Like that's scary. But yep. on alcohol, it's glamorized. They're all beautiful graphics, beautiful colors, like bougie. It's like very – it must be a psychological like marketing thing maybe because everything is like so glitz and glam and it is glamorized so much compared yeah. to smoking cigarettes. Yeah. I, I 
I'm really looking forward to mm. next week's episode. So. Yeah, it'll be very exciting. So we're having him on, which is fun. But that is my life update. Love that. What is yours, Tally Louise? So last week we said that this year you guys are going to get so many different topics because there are so many like different chapters happening. Like we're getting busier. I'm having a baby. Sarah's dating. All that kind of stuff. So you're in for like a little bit of a treat for the podcast this year, I think. It'll be a good variety of Mm. guests and topics. But I was talking about how I'm prepping for my C-section. So I am booked in for a C-section in April and it is coming up very quickly and I'm starting to shit myself now. I'm not scared about the actual C-section procedure. I'm just like… What are you shitting yourself about then? About not being prepared. Like… Not with the C-section stuff because I feel like I'm – I did a birth class and I'm all over it. I'm just shitting myself in regards to like I'm not prepared. Like the nursery's not done. haven't bought it much. Like just in that way I'm shitting myself. Um, But I had a birth class with um, Vanessa who is the modern doula who we had on our podcast Mm -hmm. and now we produce her podcast for Chemist Warehouse. And she is our friend Vic's doula and they're having a birth class. And Vic's like, just come along. I'm like, okay, cool. Because to be honest – if I didn't have, if I hadn't have gone to that, I probably wouldn't have gone to a birth class. I is it kind of, is it compulsory to go to a birth? I don't, I don't know. So. I don't think so. But I kind of wanted to go in ignorant. So it's funny. I'm like, I know a lot, but I also want to stay ignorant because the reason why I'm getting a C-section is quite anxious person, and I don't want to create more anxiety. So anyway, we did the little birth class. They, you know, Vanessa tells you prep what you need to do. Um, what's going to happen in the theatre. Like this will happen. This point Damon will come in and you've got to get her. Anyway, she tells you everything. So from like… So you know you, you're mentally prepared for the timelines and mm-hmm, you won't mm-hmm. be surprised if, okay, you're going into the theatre but Damon's not. Why not? Yeah, yep. exactly. So yep. I know all the steps now. I know how many people. There is a lot of people in that fucking theatre. Like I didn't realise how many people were in there. How many people are in there? By the photo that she showed me, I think there's like about eight or nine. Oh, Yeah. Including and then Damien, um, but yeah, so Damien doesn't actually come with me at the start. So I would have freaked out if that happened, mm. and I didn't know. But now I know it's like they prep you, and then they'll call Damien at a stage. And anyway, so we were talking about it, and I was like, "Whoa, I'm quite like I want to make sure that I go into the morning of my C-section calm, and I want to go in." in like a good spirit, good energy. So I've I've actually written out a little C-section prep. But I think it's really important because you gave me a little snippet of this the other day and I was like, blah, 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 don't tell mm-hmm. me. This shouldn't just be for C-section. No. I think it's for everyone who's about to have a baby. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard for someone that's having a vaginal birth because I mean, you don't know, you don't know when it's happening, but maybe two weeks before you're about to your due date, maybe start implementing Mm. some little procedures that are going to make you feel a lot calmer. And um, I just want to go in a really, I want to go into the birth in a really, really good headspace. It might never happen again. I want Damien and I to be in it together. Like, I don't know. It's just such a beautiful thing that I just want to make sure I'm like in the right headspace. Because like I said, I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. What's the game plan? So my C-section prep. So Vanessa gave me some really good advice. She's like, on the day, put your phone on, do not disturb because you'll get a lot of messages. Like a lot of my The day before. She, okay. She said on the day, but I'm actually turning my do not disturb on the night before, before I go to bed. Because she said it can be really, really overwhelming if you're booked into a C-section and people are messaging you in the morning, like, good luck. Oh my God. Like, can't wait to meet your baby. Good luck. Let me know when it happens. She said it can be very overwhelming. Mm. And that's something that I do not want. Like my phone is already overwhelming. I don't like, like I said, I want it to be just me and Damien, like for that Period. day. Yeah. So my thing is I'm going to put my phone on do not disturb the night before. Again, if you're having a vaginal birth, it's probably impossible to do that because you just don't know when mm. you're um, about to give birth. So I'm going to do that the night before and then I'm going to get up. So I have to be at the hospital at 7 a.m. and I'm booked in for 9 a.m. So I want to get up an hour or a little bit earlier and I want to do meditation. I want to do breath work and I want to do morning affirmations because I know those four things are going to put me and my like nervous system in a better position, calmer, all that kind of stuff. So I just don't want to be like anxious because – 
any kind of operation is fucking frightening. They're literally cutting me open. Like, so, and I'm not good at hospitals either. I don't love hospitals, just the energy. And I just start to get nervous. You'll have to protect your energy. Yeah. So, and then obviously the midnight before I have to fast. So, because I'm obviously going in for a C-section. So there's some things that I'm going to do the night before and then the morning of. And then she told me some things to request and bring. I was like, okay, that's interesting. So she said AirPods because sometimes when you're in the actual surgery, there's a lot of noises that you're going to hear. And I did not even think of this, like cutting. (laughs) Sorry. But there's a lot of noises that can get you a little bit anxious. And I was like, oh my God, I never thought of taking AirPods in. Smells? Uh, Yes. Apparently the smell is like burning skin because they're like burning your skin to like cut you open, which I didn't know. So what do you do? Take Palo Santo in with you? I don't know. I don't think you're allowed to take that in. You just have to deal with the smell, I think. And then so AirPods, so you can block out some kind of noise. Music, ask your doctor if you can have a playlist. So I'm going to ask my doctor next week if I can put together a playlist so I can have some music on. So I'm going to have music on and the AirPods in or one AirPod. And then she was saying that it's really important to bring like bonnets for the baby because when they come out straight away, it's obviously cold and then they just clean it up and then put a bonnet on after your photo and stuff like that. So I've got to bring bonnets. Obviously, once the baby, well, that's jumping a little bit, but she also said when I'm lying down, um, so I've been vomiting my whole pregnancy. Like I vomited this morning. I vomited all the first trimester. I'm a vomiter when I'm pregnant. I don't know what it is. So if you're a vomiter and you're pregnant and you're getting a C-section, she said to tell them that when you're lying down, it can set off your anxiety and can actually make you want to vomit more. So when you're lying down, ask for the drip, that they put something in the drip that helps you from not vomiting. Anti-nausea. Yeah. So she said if you're a vomiter, um, ask for that straight away. Uh, So that's one thing I'm going to be asking for because I know – she just said when you're lying down, it sets off anxiety and you'll start freaking out and vomit. Bring baggy clothes and something nice to wear. Um, that's post um, having the baby. So she, another tip that she said when you go to the hospital is instead of wearing your pajamas all day when you're at hospital for the five days, bring some nicer like tracksuit pants or mm. like nice skims things and actually get dressed because then it'll make you feel a little bit better. More human. Yeah. So she said bring some baggy clothes and something nice and only wear your pajamas at night time, mm. which I was like, oh, that's actually a really good tip because I probably would have worn my pajamas the whole time. But yeah. she said it just makes you feel a little bit better. Um, and then if you're having a C-section, try and move. Obviously, I'm going in at the morning. So she said for me, try to move at night or in the late afternoon, just even if it's like taking two, three steps. Yeah, right. Because it helps with recovery or try and like just walk to the toilet and back, Um, something to do with like whatever. And then I didn't know this either. When you're in the operating room, you are shaking. Like you have this medication and you're like, your whole body is shaking. She's like, it's normal. Why? I don't, something to do with the medication that they give you when your body goes numb or something. And my sister said it happens. I didn't know this either. But your whole body like shakes, like just uncontrollably. And it's Mm. really like you can't control it. It's just like you're just shaking. So she told me all these things and I was like, okay, now I'm kind of glad that you told me these things because if I was sitting there shaking, I'd have a panic attack. Like, oh my God, I'm dying. Something's wrong. Like I'm dying. What's happened? Did you give me the wrong drugs? Like I would have been freaking out. So if you're pregnant and you can get to a birth class, I highly recommend because I think it is good still going in a little bit ignorant, but I think knowing all these little things is so helpful. And I think it's important people listening, mums will already know this, but I didn't know this until the other week when we're talking about it. You're going private Mm -hmm. because in the public system, you cannot choose to have a cesarean. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So some people like, we've had a couple of friends from America. They're like, did you you're allowed to choose. And I was like, yeah, I'm allowed to choose. Yeah. Obviously, like, I presume most doctors would want you to go vaginal, I presume. But my doctor, who is amazing, um, he was like, yeah, absolutely. But Mm. like, why? And I was like, well, I'm very anxious. I need to know when it's happening. And then he's like, okay, that's fine. He's like, honestly, like, so many women ask for C-sections now. Yeah, right. So yeah, if you're in private and 
another thing that with pregnancy and stuff, like I've had private health for a while with the pregnancy on, obviously, if you're listening, you you have to have private health on your, your pregnancy on your private health for 12 months. Prior. Prior to falling pregnant in order mm. to use it, which is ridiculous. Um, so if you I, are. I pay an arm and a leg just in like an emergency. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's like if you are planning on, you know, falling pregnant or you whatever and in the next year, two years, three years, I would highly recommend getting it because um, I think it's important to note in the public system, you there's a lack of consistency. Yeah. You might go to the public hospital and see a midwife at eight weeks and explain your story to them, what's happening, symptoms. You might go at 17 weeks for another scan. You'll see a different midwife mm-hmm. and have to explain. Different doctors, exactly. Different and you know what? Like not everyone's experience at public has been that bad. Like my sister went public in COVID and um, she didn't have a really bad experience, but when the twins were born, there was a lack of help. Like my sister had, they were crying and my sister had no idea how yeah. to feed them and there was no one there to help. So I think that's what you're paying for in the end is to have someone there that's the going to help you and look after you and, yeah, the support. But then having said that, which I didn't know, once you book into your OB, there is a, I wouldn't say hefty, it's like there is a significant fee on top of your private health that you have to pay and that's for the doctors and services because literally if I have anything wrong, I can call him straight away and be like, I need this medication mm. or this is happening, what? Like if you've got a private OB, you pretty much have access to the doctor. Then whenever. Yeah. So that's what you're paying for. And then with your private health, you're not paying for your hospital stay. So that's what your private health covers. And then it can cover some of the tests and stuff that you mm-hmm. get. You get some money back on Medicare and stuff. But essentially that extra fee that you're paying is for your doctor. If you had the option of knowing the difference between public and private and paying private for all the years prior, would you have paid? Pri- mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You've got no regrets? No. Nah. Uh, when I first fell pregnant, so I'm going to be completely honest, when I first fell pregnant this year, oh, sorry, last year, I when I called for my doctor, like I picked my doctor, when I called, they're like, yep, absolutely, just letting you know the fees, blah, 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 whatever it is. I was like, fuck, like I'm already paying a ton of money each month for private health. That is ridiculous. What is my private health even paying for? So so that private health just pays for the hospital stay. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is fucked. And then I spoke to Damien. I'm like, oh, we'll just go public. I'm like, it's like such a waste of money. Mm. Like, it's so silly. And then I thought about it for a little while. So I was going to go public. So I was like, oh, that's just ridiculous. Why am I paying all this money, like, a month? And then I sat back and I was like, oh, my God, you're being ridiculous, Tally. Like, you're a first-time mom. You're highly anxious. I would love to have the same doctor all the time. I would love to have access to the same doctor if I need medication. Like, you can just call them. I want access to help mm. and support. So then that's why we chose. And then I went to meet my doctor and I was like, oh, my God, I love him so much. He's the best. He makes me feel so um, safe safe and secure. Like, through my whole pregnancy, for an anxious person, and I know you choose to be anxious, I could – power of the language yeah I you choose to be anxious and it's just whatever but I have not felt I know I say before I'm shitting myself but I've not felt scared or uncomfortable or like what's another word I've not I've always felt seen if mm. that makes sense like I've always felt comforted and reassured so, yeah reassured that's the perfect word I was trying to think of and I think that's why you pay for the private doctors yeah um, because it's such a new experience. I've never been pregnant like this before. I'm bringing a human into the world. Like so many changes are happening. To have access to someone all the time, it is really worth it. Mm. And I'm actually looking forward to the hospital stay. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I'm like really looking forward to being at the hospital with our daughter, no like distractions other than when people come in and stuff. But I don't know, I'm kind of excited. Wow. We'll soon find out. Yeah, exactly. Let's see how long that excitement lasts for. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so that's what I'm kind of doing for prep. But, yeah, if you're pregnant, I highly recommend. Or pregnant in the future or whatever, I would highly recommend just getting a little bit of education about if you're doing a vaginal birth, what it's going to look like. Yeah. 
what medication or if there's anything you can take prior to help pain or whatever prep and and I know with vaginal you can do the massage what is it the pre uh, the um perineal massage yes so if you're going vaginal you can start doing that I think they say start doing it from like 35 or yep. 34 weeks or something. To reduce your likelihood of tearing. Exactly. So I think it's really important to know all these things regardless of what pregnancy you're going mm. to have because um, – Just got to know all your options. Yeah. And you know what? And you, like I said, it depends what city you're in or like where you're located. There might You might be located in the middle of Australia and your only option is a public hospital. Yeah. So um, – you might get treated completely different to what we do here in Melbourne. It's busy. Like, that's true. So it just, yeah, that's my little plan and I'm sticking to it. Sticking to it. And if anyone's got any, I don't like opinions. <laughs> so don't like throw me opinions or don't tell me your story. I would just love tips. Like if something helped you, like for example, I learned on TikTok, go get a Stanley drink bottle because at the hospital, it's easier to drink water out of a Stanley drink bottle because you're not having to like propel yourself down. up. Yeah. Tips like that. I don't want ex- your opinions opinions or your experience. A, a, just a little tip for people who want to express a tip to you maybe. Maybe just don't use the words you should. Yes, yes. You should do this. You should do that. Just be like, this really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Could it's work really, for you. Yeah, it's really funny. And I saw Michelle Battersby post something. I don't know if you saw it yesterday or the day before. Maybe you didn't because I'm just like – because she's pregnant at the same time and I find some of the stuff she posts interesting. But she was like, it's funny how people throw their experiences onto you mm. and their opinions. She's like, can you please not? And I was like, that's so funny because people – like the other day I posted – we went to – I mean, this is silly, but we went to the South Melbourne market to get oysters with Morgan who was here from the States that was on the podcast – and I just like put a photo up and I was like, oh, I can't wait to eat oysters. I had so many people write to me, just eat them. It's not going to kill you. Just eat them. And I was like, prior, I was like, okay, whatever. But literally four weeks ago, I had the worst, worst food poisoning ever. Like I was so sick. These people don't know that, but they're like, oh my God, just, oh, sorry. They're like, just eat it. Just eat it. It's not going to kill you. And I'm like, no, no way. I literally had the worst food poisoning like four weeks ago that I was so close to going in the hospital because I couldn't keep water down. Mm. I am not risking that again because food poisoning can actually harm your child. And for it's raw, very I, dangerous. Raw seafood is. I don't care how fresh it is. I'm not fucking eating it. It's the greatest thriving bit for bacteria for yeah. that kind of and stuff. And I'm you just know? like stuff like that. I was like getting so pissed off at people. I was like, you don't know. Like you just got to be really careful. It's like you don't know what someone's going through or what they've been through or whatever. And I was just like, oh, my God, fuck off. My God, like why do people throw their opinions? Is it because they think they know better? Like Mm. why do you throw your opinion? Just catch yourself next time you're trying to tell someone what to do. Yeah, absolutely. Are you doing it because you genuinely care or do you think you know better than they do? I think they think they know better. Well, that's an ego thing and they have to sort that out. But, yeah, so – Exciting times. Very exciting times. Okay. Well. How can someone call you when your phone's on Do Not Disturb? Because he's in your favorites list. Oh, shit. Sorry. Damien's FaceTiming me like three times. And I was like, how? Um, I'll show everyone my hinge profile. I'm excited. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. I'm going to set up this email. I'm going to give it to you and you need to do update on your um, app. And I'm so excited to look through the application. Okay. And uh, – We'll keep you updated on the 75-day thing because mm-hmm. it's not the 70-day, five-day medium. <laughs> it's not medium. It's not – so. it's – this. It's we're just replacing – 75. That, 75. We're doing the, we're doing the freaking 75. 75. That's what it is. And if you want to join in, Sarah's starting on Saturday. Yep. And if oh. you actually – but no, but if you actually want to join in because I was thinking I actually want to do something of the community, maybe we'll send out a newsletter saying that we're starting – on Saturday and mm-hmm. if anyone who wants to join it that's what we're doing I and we can so. do check-ins I think so I think it's really important like I said you need people to be accountable yeah um with you and for you and yeah okay well we love you and I hope you like this episode and my baby is literally kicking the whole oh. out of my stomach um but we hope you liked the episode and we will see you next week with Sarah's brother Mark ciao Bye. it's us again we're back It's Tully and Sarah, and 
If you don't know, we have an activewear brand called Tully Lou. And we have Australia's favourite leggings, but not only do we have leggings, we've got hoodies, we've got outerwear. We've got everything that you may need for an active lifestyle. So we want to give you guys an offer. If you've never shopped at Tully Lou, or if you've shopped at Tally Lou, and you just want $15 off your next order, you need to take this offer and it's TL Cherry, all caps, all one word, and pop that in at checkout and you will get $15 off. So head to our website. It's www.tallyloo.com or head to our Instagram, stalk our page, use the code and let's get you all in some TL. And welcome to the family. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 